0: Welcome to the ultimate we- <laughs> welcome to the ultimate webmasters podcast. Sorry, that's my uh, that's my Felix Turkleton voice from D anD D we played last night, and uh, I just can't stop. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, so okay, so I'm Jack McDade, and I've always wanted to do a podcast. Well, I've done podcasts before, but I didn't keep up with them. Uh, so my problem with doing podcasts and podcasts in general is they're just not about stuff I want to listen to, and they're way too long. And I could never decide on just one thing to do a podcast on. Like, I don't want to just talk about the web or design or development. And I don't want to just do a podcast about some hobby I have or just interview other people. And I I just want to talk about things that I'm interested in that I think you might be as well stuff I've learned things that I've done uh highlight other people's accomplishments and show off some other cool stuff that maybe you haven't seen uh yes uh, hobbies retro stuff 80s just all of it I, at work play and everyday just stuff okay so my goal with this podcast is to keep it relatively short, 20, 22 minutes, something you can listen to on your average commute, and uh, I'll try and keep the work and practical stuff first, so if you don't care about whatever I'm talking about, like Magic the Gathering, or Dungeons and Dragons, or video games, or 80s stuff, just listen to the hot tips in the beginning, and maybe that's something that you'd find value in, okay? So that's my idea, that's my pitch, if you find that you enjoy this podcast, please let me know, um, subscribe and do all that kind of stuff, tell people about it. But otherwise, you know, I'm just going to do my thing and I'm going to just get out of my own way. All right, so if you don't know me, I am an entrepreneur, designer, developer. I've built Statamic, uh, definitely not by myself, but uh, back in 2012, I did uh, kind of start it and have brought on some really smart people over the years that work on it with me. Statamic is a flat file content management system. It is a WordPress alternative. It is in the same technical uh, or technically uh, competitive space as giants like Squarespace and Wix, but it is not a drag and drop builder. It is more designed for bespoke websites. So if you're somebody who has uh, an agency or builds websites and uh, wants to create a nice control panel, like that's Uh, That's what it does. Okay. So you're not going to, I'm not, I want to talk a lot about that. Uh, It's something uh, I tweet about. If you want to learn about statimate go to statamake.com, S-T-A-T-A-M-I-C, probably.com and uh, follow us on Twitter. And uh, it's, it's 95% of what I spend my time on. However, I can't just do one thing. I I find that I need creative outlets and uh, you probably feel the same way. We all need a little side project. We all need hobbies. We all need things uh, to satisfy your creative Itches. And I do design work for different people when those opportunities arrive and the project makes sense. So I've done uh, work, I, I designed the Laravel, Laravel.com website, uh, Forge that has been redesigned, uh, Envoyer, uh, a couple of the Laracon sites, the current Laracon.us site, which is kind of rad. Uh, 80s, 90s pixel art kind of site that was a lot of fun to work on. Um, I've done a lot of other interesting side projects and built apps, but most of the time now it's static and then these kind of pet projects, or as the case may be, podcasts. And so, yeah, I, I'm a designer and a developer. Uh, I used to write a lot more PHP, although lately with the business, I do a lot more marketing and writing and uh, kind of UX design and direction, although I do get my hands dirty because we're still a small team. And so, yeah, that's my experience. I've, I've started the web world, you know, back in GeoCities days in the late 90s, building Star Wars fan sites. And, uh, you know, through college, you know, did freelance work on the side and built, you know, $250 websites and all that kind of stuff back in, you know, 2000, 2001. And uh after graduating from college in a market with a marketing degree and going, God, I really don't want to do marketing because what they just taught me sucks, uh, I ended up in a web company uh in two thousand five, two thousand six, I guess it was. And uh yeah, so worked there for a couple of years and did uh, built a lot of uh websites and like web projects and a lot of HTML emails for companies like uh I don't know, Disney or I don't know, Capital One, it's hard to remember, these big giant uh, you know, massive campaigns, wrote a lot of HTML, wrote a lot of CSS, a lot of inline styles back then. And then kind of bounced around to a couple other agencies, built a lot of websites and decided to go out on my own and freelanced for a while doing expression engine sites and just cranking out just tons and tons of site designs and sites. And I've just built hundreds of sites in my career now over the last decade plus. And um, that is my background, uh, kind of the last four or five years, especially with with Statamic, in the last seven years, I guess, more into Laravel applications. But still, you know, this building sites for local clients has always been a kind of sweet spot of mine. And so that is that is where I come from as background and the experience that I have is in doing that kind of thing. A lot of these projects are not, you know, massive multimillion dollar, uh, you know, budget breaking projects. They're just good work for good local people and i think that's what a lot of us do and so uh you know hopefully what i have to say has value okay so i'm a huge 80s nerd like when stranger things stranger things came out i just went nuts it just rekindled this whole kind of forgotten side of you know, my childhood, although, I mean, I was born in 83. I, I did grow up in the early 90s, but there's that bleed over that crossover time where, you know, things started to get more rad and colorful. And that crossover from the late 80s, early 90s is just like, I just, I don't see myself ever growing out of absolutely loving, wild, outrageous, and outlandish design. And uh, it's thankfully, uh, at least for now, it is uh, super popular and it's cool again to to 80s and 90s-ify your company your branding your designs like we're seeing uh like this the new captain marvel website Uh, marvel.com captain marvel is like this crazy geo city style animated gifs and uh you know comics and ms and like embossed buttons and it's just it's outrageous and it's it's awesome uh i i did the laricon i mentioned a few minutes ago i did the laricon site and it is this you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game inspired site and uh you know it's pixel art and the graphics are blurry and everything's a a, a gif file with 16 colors and uh you know it's just really fun and creative but you know it, when you when people put these sorts of designs out these projects uh there's there's always a little bit of confusion and blowback from those people who maybe didn't grow up in that era and don't understand why does this look terrible, you know, uh, people under 18 may still be your target market and they don't get the references to the, the animated construction man gif or, you know, the spinning, uh, uh, what is it, you know, like police siren and all these different, you know, kind of uh, tropes from our youth or like the, you know, the early internet. And, you know, I think it's important to think about when you can go full retro and when, Uh, maybe you should just kind of relax a little bit and just tease around the edges with some aesthetics if that's what you want to do. And so, um, you know, I, I think a good rule of thumb is if you, if you need to convince people that it's real, that it is, that it is something that they need to spend money on. If you're going to be taking credit cards on that website, you probably don't want it to look like maybe a joke. So, the Captain Marvel site is perfect. You can get tickets, but it's not they're not relying on this site in order to promote the movie I think the the fact that this site looks the way it does actually does a great job in promoting the movie but it's it's not the only way they're promoting the movie and so I think the Captain Marvel site is great is a great example of when to go full retro uh Adidas did uh a kind of a landing page for their young sneakers um that was the same style and they took it down pretty fast i i and i don't know the story behind it i tried to figure it out and see what happened to it uh i could find it uh i couldn't even find it on archive.org it was just gone disappeared but uh there is a reference to it on awwwards.com uh awward slash light slash adidas dash young you can see this site and it is pretty rad and retro i mean i'm not gonna lie it's cool But I can't help but wonder if they miss the audience. Like if their target audience is 24 and under, maybe they don't understand, maybe it wasn't selling. And I think you need to consider your audience. And if the design is going to negatively affect your ability to sell uh, the product or the service, you might not want to go full retro. Uh, I think the Laricon site worked because quite frankly, Laricon has proven that when you launch a new Laravel conference, it's the Laravel PHP conference that happens every year. Uh, they sell out of tickets. No matter what the site looks like, I mean, it could just be like a buy link in the top left corner, and it would probably still sell out fine. I mean, it would be people would be like, "What the heck? Why does it look like this?" But it would still sell. So it's okay to take a risk and do something creative like the, you know, this pixel art site. Because even if people don't love it. And thankfully, a lot of people did. But even if they didn't, it would still function, right? You could still, you know, link to the checkout site and people, even if they might not understand it, at least they know, well, the conference is still a conference and I'm still going no matter what. So, you know, you got to assess that opportunity risk and Uh, will this pay off for me? Don't just design full retro because you want to. Don't scare away your audience because you like something. You might want to scale it back. And so if you go to statimic.com, I did not go full retro. I mean, there's still loud and, you know, kind of outrageous colors. Like we use pink and purple, but they're not everywhere. You know, there's a hero image and then there's some accents, but the content is readable the typography is clean. Uh, it's responsive and looks good on mobile and everything. So I think it's important to remember, you know, your audience and who and how long this thing is going to live for. Like Lyricon is going to get redesigned next year. There's, uh, I don't imagine it to look anything like that next year, and it just kind of disappears and goes into the archives, and that's okay. So yeah, just consider your audience when it comes to deciding if you want to go full retro. Okay, that's enough work. It's playtime. A couple of, I guess it was about a month or two ago, uh, a, a buddy of mine asked me if I wanted to play the Star Wars living card game. And I was like, heck yeah, I've never played that. That's awesome. When I was a kid, I was really into the old Star Wars trading card game by Decipher, which was uh, you know, kind of like Magic the Gathering, which I also liked and uh, played with a buddy super fun game and it just give me gave me all those feels. So we played the game. I had a lot of fun. It's kind of long. It took a long time to play. It was pretty complicated. Uh and as I was sitting there I'm going, man, I, I just I loved how simple magic was. And Magic has been around since nineteen ninety three and um it's like twenty five years old now. I Maybe mean, it was nineteen ninety four. Magic the gathering is still around and is still going stronger than ever. I mean can you think about what it must take You know, that design team to reconcile 25 years of rules and evolution and card design. And I'm just blown away by Wizards of the Coast. They're a fantastic company. I've been into Dungeons & Dragons for a couple of years. You know, I played in college. I played when I was younger. Before I even know what it was, Dungeons & Dragons, we just played role-playing games. And you roll a stat sheet and you make up a story. It's like that same idea. And just, it's fantastic this day and age to do something that is social that is away from your screens that uh has you know some depth to it some some complexity but at the same time is not so over the top that it doesn't put the complexity out front and that's one of the great things about magic like there are not that many rules like you can I can explain the rules of magic the gathering in like 5 minutes or less but you could spend thousands of hours analyzing deck breakdowns and you know like looking at different builds and experimenting and tooling with ways to you know compete against other types of decks and the fact that that much complexity is under the hood but it's abstracted from the actual core game mechanics is just it's so cool and it lets the game evolve and change you know they have this idea of uh you know formats right so you have standard format and you have modern format standard is like the last two years worth of expansions and they do i think it's like two or three expansions a year. And so the last two years, so maybe five or six expansions are the only cards you're allowed to play. Or anything that's that's been, you know, reprinted, um, you know, like lands and stuff uh from from previous sets are are still legal. Uh and so you have this game that looks very different as time goes on, but still the same game under the hood. And so you have then you have modern which kind of goes spans like I don't know 10 or 15 years worth of cards back to like this major, you know, rules revision. And then there's legacy, which kind of is everything. And there's these different ways to play with your same cards. And I just, I got to respect a company that can keep that going and make it exciting and that they find new ways uh, to evolve a storyline, even though, you know, through a set of 60 cards in a deck and they've got these crazy stories that are packed in and the flavor text, man, it's just I've got I've just nerded out so hard and it's been a lot of fun getting into this game. One of my good buddies Brandon Kaz, gave me his old collection. He's like the nicest guy I know. He's like I don't play my magic cards anymore. Take my magic collection and he, you know give me this box of like a thousand cards. And it was just I spent a whole night just going through them and I found some cards that I had when I was a kid that you know I don't know what happened to them. They're gone. Uh, you know these old these old classics, Torture Rack and Sarah Angel. And man, this game just makes me happy. And I I got some decks and started playing with my kids. Uh, My six-year-old is almost seven and my nine-year-old, we play almost every single day and they get it. They get the rules and, you know, they they may not understand the greater meta complexity if you're trying to play competitively, but I can just hand them a deck and they'll pretty much figure it out based on the rules on the cards Uh, and, you know, kind of like the core game rules. And I think that's just awesome. I have thought a lot about what makes magic a great game and why it's lasted so long and how it has innovated so much and i think i can i would attribute it to i mean obviously there's a great team behind it but to constraints uh and to embracing the constraints so magic at its core is a really simple fundamental game you have a deck of 60 cards you get to draw one card per turn you can play one land per turn, which is uh, like magical currency which you can use to spend and play uh, spells. Spells may summon a creature. Or they may deal damage to the other player. Uh, and then as soon as the other player loses 20 life uh, points, the game's over. You win. And so each one of those aspects of the game has become an entire you know, mechanism. So you have 20 life points that you have to work with. And so you're trying to knock the other players down. And so, you know, the game is innovated and there's ways of using your life points as resources. Like you can deal damage to yourself to deal damage to someone else or deal damage to yourself to draw cards. Um, you know your creatures that are out that can fight for you can be used as resources. You can tap them or basically spend them, use them so they can't attack and do something. Uh, the decks in your card, the or the cards in your deck, rather the cards in your graveyard. If you play certain types of decks, become a resource where the number of creatures in your graveyard, you know, gives you an ability, or the number of cards that have been exiled from the game give you a bonus, and by By not adding all these new rules to the game, but rather finding creative ways to use what's inside the game already, it has made it so much more interesting and has made it more approachable, I think, for new players. Uh, If you are at all familiar with the Magic world, you would realize or you know that it is an extremely complicated game once you get into the competitive landscape, but that shouldn't scare you away from actually just trying it out casually with some friends. I, I honestly recommend it. If you wanted to do that, you can just buy a planeswalker deck and I'll, I'll link, uh, I'll throw a link in the show notes to, uh, Amazon, but it's, it's just a pre-built deck of 60 cards that you can just immediately start playing. So you can grab, you know, a deck or two and play with some friends and see what you think. It's, you know, if you find that you really like it, you're gonna to want to change cards out and stuff, but there's plenty of YouTube videos and you know blogs and all sorts of stuff that kind of teach you to build decks. It is not expensive if you're not playing competitively. I mean, for $8, you can build a really fun deck, which I did for my kids. And then, um, you know, I built a couple decks for myself, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. So. Yeah, I don't know. I I just look at the things that I had a lot of fun with as a kid and see which ones have survived the test of time and I'm exploring them again, like Dungeons & Dragons and Magic the Gathering. Okay, it's time for an internet hot tip. Uh, Okay, so if you watch a lot of YouTube channels where you have to deal with... uh, Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's up, guys? It scares here. Hey, what's up, guys? It scares here. And <laughs> Over and over and over again. Um, one, why are you watching them? But two, if you really like that content, uh, did you know that you can just press the one key to jump 10% of the way into the video or nine to press n- to jump 90% each number on the keyboard jumps that many percent into the video just like that. And so <laughs> I find most of these videos just tap one and boom, you're off and going right into the meat of the video without having to deal. With, hey, what's up, guys? Or, oh, hi, I didn't see you there. Because it's so painful, <laughs> I can't deal with it. It's time for a shout out. I wanna highlight something every episode in this podcast something or someone. Uh, there's always this someone behind something, right? I'm really hiding, highlighting someones. Uh, and today, I wanna highlight uh, Miguel Piedrafita. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. Uh, Miguel is a 16-year-old developer who he's contributed to over 500 open source projects. He's built several applications. He has free SaaS apps. He has a news list. He has a blog. He writes regularly. He has a, a Patreon and a Discord where he you know previews his posts every week uh, to everybody and gets feedback. Uh, this kid is prolific. He's 16 Uh, he is going places he has the work ethic he has the drive he has the need to create and i can't wait to see what he does um uh, his his website is com, and I will link that in the show notes check out his work he's a great he, a designer or he's he's great at finding good designs and like implementing them uh, in, in a nice way but he's got great content out there he builds a lot of great Laravel stuff uh, he retweets everything I say on Twitter which is humbling uh, he's just a great kid and I think you should follow him and you should check out his stuff and I I support him on Patreon because I love seeing people uh, with that sort of passion. So feel free to do the same. Uh, you don't need to support my show. Go support someone else. Support somebody who is building uh, their, their audience. Um, you don't need to support me. I mean, you, you can buy stat me, That's fine. Uh, but go, go support Miguel. That's going to do it. If you've got questions for me or anything you'd like to see me talk about or uh, have someone you want me to check out and possibly do a shout out about, uh, send me an email, shout at jackmcday.com and I would love to hear from you. So take care and God bless. I am your host and sarcastically self-proclaimed ultimate webmaster Jack McDade. Uh, Music by Joseph McDade, my brother. You can check him out on josephmcdade.com where he gives away great music like this stuff that you can use in your stuff. And also thanks to Transistor.fm for hosting this podcast.